And welcome back to Shut Up and Invest in Miami, Florida with my boy Jay Money. What's going on, Kev? You know, we got a special guest in the house here. We got a ninja of the MLS game. (laughs) Big Mike in the house. Mike, introduce yourself, your company, your market. Let everybody know what you do. What's up, guys? Thanks for the invite, man. So my name's Mike Venereo, uh, company name Rockwood Investments. Rockwood Investment Group, actually, because Rockwood <laughs> Investments is the name I, I buy property under. Um, but yeah, we buy here, here in Miami-Dade and uh, Broward. Done some deals in West Palm, now trying to step into Tampa and Orlando. Um, and we have an office here in downtown. Nice, awesome. nice. Now, this is probably one of the interviews that I've been most jazzed about because Homeboy is me. doing something that most investors think there is no more can't be done anymore. Deals on. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Mike to come on, even though he is launching the off-market investment game, the wholesaling for deals that are not on the market. Mike's mastered in the last three, four years the on-market game. So I wanted to get into your story, break that down, give up some of your, your secrets. And I know you're starting a mentorship program too. Correct, man. So we'll talk about that. We'll, all get, that. we'll get into all that. You got no time limit, bro. Today's your day. <laughs> Awesome, man. Let's do it. Let's break it down. (laughs) So how'd you get into even real estate? Because I know we've known each other for a minute. Yeah, man. So I got in uh, maybe about, I would say, three years ago now. Uh, I'm probably going into my third year. I got in. I used to be a pharmaceutical sales rep and um, always had like my dad's been in construction all his life. So I've always had an interest in it. So about like, I would say, seven, eight years ago, I got my license as an agent. And then, boom, 2008 happened. And uh, so I only got about maybe seven months of being an agent, right? Before and the then, crash. Right. And then my mentor was like, dude, I'm out of here. I'm out of, <laughs> I'm out of real estate. This that thing sucks. I came in the same time. Yeah. So, that, yeah. so he was like, I'm out of here. I'm not mentoring you no more. And I'm like, he ran oh, for the hills. Well, that was it. That was a short life in my real estate career. And then nothing. I started working for my dad in construction. So I got the hang of understanding how, you know, real estate worked um but it was crazy working with your dad for whoever's tried to do that you know sometimes it's not the easiest especially if he's like an old school cuban guy <laughs> so you know he had his style i had mine and we decided to part our ways stay as family <laughs> in the business keep the family right keep the family and the business <laughs> so he kept doing his own thing went back to school got my bachelor's degree at like almost 29 30 and then i became a farm rep Feels like I have short lives in many things because right when I got into that one, the company I worked for for about a year and a half got bought out by a bigger company and boom, fired all of us. You know, my uncle included, which was like a top 5% rep. I became the top 5% rep of my territory. And then nothing, man. A good friend of mine called me and he was like, hey, dude, you got some extra cash? And I'm like, not really, man. I don't really got, you know, I'm not working right now. I just got fired, got a small severance package, but I got to live, you know? And he's like, oh, why don't you come out here, partner with me, and let's get into investing. I'm doing something called wholesaling. And nothing, man, that's how I got into it. I started working with him, but, you know, it turned out to be I was working for him. And it was cool, man. I got into the, the business, you know, started getting more on the buyer side. So they had acquisition already pretty down packed. So I got into the hang of how to sell. You know, their inventory. But unfortunately, the business I was working for, you know, which today doesn't even exist anymore, um, had a couple of like things I didn't like. And then, boom, I jumped off with a buddy of mine, actually two friends of mine, and we opened up our own thing. 
So that job that you were doing with, for the one guy, he was wholesaling off-market properties? He was actually wholesaling on-market, man. On so that's market. how I okay, kind of so learned it, right? Okay. So it was uh, obviously, I think it was 2000 and what, we're in 2019, so 2016, right? So I think the market was a lot better on, right, yeah, on, on market got. was everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, short sales, yeah. REOs. Right. You know, anything you picked them. up, you could sell it for more the next Correct. Time. Like yeah. We were getting them on the, you know, let's say on the MLS, 200 grand, flipping them for 260. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this guy's selling more than the MLS. Like, how is this guy pulling this off? <laughs> yeah. And so obviously at that point, there was more REOs, you know, connections with, with agents were a lot more uh, powerful back then. Nowadays, it's a little bit different because REOs are dry. You know? That's right. I mean, that's, not, that's not how I became be- into wholesaling because REOs dried up and I was doing REOs. So Got it. They're definitely dry. Now, and I correct me if I'm wrong. Now you really got to know what you're doing. Right. Well, now it's like you got to, you know, not judge every house. And that's what the truth is. You know, what I tell my guys all the time, don't look only for a distressed property. We might be able to flip a property that just needs upgrades. Mm-hmm. Um, don't think just because they offer, they listed it at 300, you know, giving them a realistic price check is not going to happen. So, you know, we send that at 200. We're 100 grand off. That's a lot of money, you would Mm -hmm. think. But reality is a lot of agents, you know, not that I'm trying to offend any of them or anything, but a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing. And so (laughs) the seller tells them what to do. And so they put it on the market. Freaking two months later, they haven't gotten no No, offers. And then one of us had the balls and courage to send one super low. But the agent was like, whoa, maybe these guys are right. And then the sellers timed right at the you know correct time, and boom, they accept it. Right. So right. you know, we agent, don't only look for distressed properties because that, that agent who might not know what they're doing hasn't educated their seller on the true value. Correct. So you take advantage from the fact that hey, if we can actually get this offer in front of them, show them the true value, we still have a shot. Correct. You know, a lot of the times the sellers are the ones determining their prices. Definitely. You know, and they, they have no and idea. the agents. You know, there's a lot of new agents here in the market. I think there's what thirty eight thousand agents here yeah, in South serious. Florida. The largest, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like everybody's an agent here in Miami. <laughs> so you know, a friend of theirs is like, "Hey, I want to sell my house. I want five hundred grants done. <laughs> listing agreement. I got a listing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the agents like, I got a listing. I got a listing. The party. Like, I got a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then it sits for ninety days. And then ninety days later, they're like, "You're the worst agent. <laughs> I don't know why I hired you. <laughs> Shit, man, that give me a, a break story, here." Yeah. Right? <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so you broke off with two of your boys. Correct. And are you guys still in business now or how did that work? No, nah, man, we know partnerships are a little difficult. You know, one of the guys took off on his own from the get go. And then I stayed with another one. It's funny because I get out, we take off together and, um, guy, guy was younger than me. I'm, I'm 36 actually just turned 36 and he's like 27. Right. Mm-hmm. So back then we were off by almost 10 years and I tell him, Hey dude, um, I was, I had, just lost my job, so I had to move back to my mom's house, right? Pretty, pretty not not cool experience, right? <laughs> works you know? well with the ladies. Yeah, it works super great with the ladies. The good thing is I always had clean clothes. You know, I was healthy. I was good healthy. dinner, cooked meals, good cooked meals. Cook, 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 you know, I don't have that story of like, I was eating Roman noodles or anything. I was eating well, actually. But it wasn't going well going home back to your old school room, you know? Um, and so I tell him, oh, Let's move in. Let's move in as, uh, you know, he was living his mom's. I was living mom. His was okay because he was like 24. Mine's wasn't. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, let's, let's become roommates. So it was funny. The first year that we built our company, our office was, his office was his room. My office was my room. And then our, our conference room was our living room. Right. And we would meet in the middle. We had like a, 
Big like a dry erase board. <laughs> and we'll be like, all right, what do we got on the deal? Taking we go, over the world. Yeah, we're going to get rich here, man. This is going to be crazy. <laughs> we will get into fights with each other because we were all freaking stressed out and shit. We had a few bucks together. So we had maybe like two deals under contract. And we were like, that's it. Let's stop sending offers. <laughs> <laughs> we got no more money. We got to sell one of these or cancel to get our money back. It was crazy, man. It was a fun experience, though. Yeah. You know, we learned yeah. a lot through that that one year we worked together. That's so impressive the show about Shut Up and Invest. I mean, you guys just went out there and did it. Just went out there See and what did happens, it, man. We know? were both working for the same company and we both had the same, you know, like bad, bad Taste experience, and right? Yeah, yeah, and we were yeah. like, let's get out of here and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And, but we kind of learned, we learned a lot through them. So it wasn't like a bad experience. I think yeah. you learn something with every experience you go through. And, but yeah, we just jumped in. We were like, all right, we got like 15 grand together. We should be able to put at least two deals on their contract, <laughs> 5K escrows. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, we were on the MLS. So that $1 contract stuff that they teach or a hundred bucks on a contract not does not fly with an other agent. Not right, yeah. that. No. He's like, screw no. you, man. This is, this is bull crap. You <laughs> and know? they want to see the escrow receipt and everything. Yeah, yeah they want to yeah. see the money got deposited. Yeah, so it's not you like you can send them a letter a a from Johnny, you know, escrow dollar. Let's <laughs> 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 a picture of the cashier check. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a good, listen, that's a good point. When you're on off market and you're dealing direct with a seller who's not experienced, you could get away with a hundred dollar deposit. Yeah, or no deposit just, know. just tell them or you can tell them it's thousand deposit right in deposit you know? yeah exactly they don't know <laughs> currently right now in your on market deals what's your average escrow five grand five, five grand, grand. Five so grand. we keep it at serious. five grand because it's just the it's a number that that a seller or an a, an agent looks serious yeah. you know They'll they accept see, that offer yeah so, they see two thousand bucks on a four hundred thousand dollar home Come on, man. You're, you know, you 2000, not saying that 5,000 is much more, but at least 5,000 is a, is a pretty good standard. Don't get me wrong. We've had to put 10%. like the other day, 25,000 bucks, mm-hmm. um, great numbers, big deal, but it's still $25,000, you know? That's right. So that's kind of a huge difference between on market off market. You have to have a fun set aside just to put the escrows down. Correct. Know? Correct. You have to have capital to to yeah. if you want to have five, ten contracts. To be successful in that, you gotta have the capital. Yeah, you have to, to have at least up. fifty, sixty grand in escrows. To lock it up. Yeah. Now, now to clarify for everybody listening, for every single offer you're making, you're you're putting aside five grand or you're just waiting until they're actually getting accepted. Actually getting accepted. Yeah, so we're sending them off. You know, we're sending... All with the same escrow. All with the same amount. Don't get me wrong. Like some, like if the house is 150000 we go a little lower because there's no need for us to put so much money if not needed, right? But we're sending out, you know, I would say between 75 to 100 offers a week between the whole team. We're not putting 5000 in every damn escrow, right? No, Until no, no. the seller calls us back or the agent calls us back, negotiates with us, gets us a number we agree on, and then we'll send the money. Right. So you right. said 75 to 100 a week, oh, right? Yeah. You're just making offers. It's a numbers game. You're making it's a numbers, numbers game. Like yeah. I've gotten, you know, I started just straight spaghetti to the wall model, right? Throw everything on the wall, mm-hmm. see what sticks. Now with time, we've started to adjust that. We've started to understand Okay, what's the market playing? You know, do I have to go so aggressive? Are we finding, have we wholesaled in this neighborhood before that we know we can get for asking price and flip over? Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're getting a little bit more strategic. But before, yeah, it was just... And that's in like four or five different markets. It's so like four different MLSs because you said... Well, no, not yet. Right yeah. now it's Miami-Dade and Broward. So it's one MLS. Okay. I just recently purchased the Orlando-Tampa one. Okay. So now that one's going to be... I'm going to find out if my model here works over there I'm a member of the uh, Sarasota 
the Sarasota MLS okay. over there, which has some Tampa, Orlando, Clearwater, all that. So. Yeah, I think that's the same one that I think uh, I just signed up on. Because Tampa, Orlando is one, and then Jacksonville is another one. Yeah. Definitely. Now, you said something interesting, which I think a lot of people don't realize in the beginning when you don't have data and you don't have the experience in the market, you kind of just th need to throw stuff up in the wall and see what sticks. But now you have experience, data, and you know what works. So now you're going back with your data and refining your, your processes and refining your offers and essentially the whole system. Correct. Yeah, man. In the beginning, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm, you know, one thing you'll learn about me is I'm very gun ho So I, what's given me my success is that I'm not really afraid to fail, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, uh, oh, you think that works? Perfect. Let's just try <laughs> Let's it, try right? It, yeah. Let's try it. And then I've understood that try it until it works, right? Because if you told me it works and you're showing me it works, well, I'm going to try it until it works. Right, it's not like I'm going to try it, it and be like, oh, it didn't work. You you're must seeing, be lucky. You're seeing proof that it's working. Right, yeah. <laughs> if I saw somebody do a wholesale on the MLS or off market, made 10 grand, okay, cool, that works. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's yeah. enough proof to me <laughs> that I just need to figure out myself and how my, I'm going to make it work, but it works. It's, exactly. not, it's, not, it's not like you and I are having a conversation and then I tell you, have you ever done it? And you're like, no. Right. No, that's a you key know, that's point different. though how many guys try what someone else tried a few times doesn't work and like, oh, this, this crap doesn't work and you're looking at someone showing you that it works you know? correct exactly so you, you, know, you have to figure out how you can do it for your own system and make it work that way right yeah. and just keep going at it you know yeah, keep, keep going at it. it so yeah going back to your point um, yeah in the beginning it was just gun hole shoot everything you know 70% ARV okay nope that didn't work <laughs> look for cash buyers nope that didn't work you know just lock it up who cares like that's what I tell my whole office we have a thing that you know everybody's always like oh you know what Mike's about to say right yeah lock it up you know <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you love it. Up. I love no, you it. You need to start branding. Yeah, exactly. So we, have, we have like a Trademark thing in our, in our office that says just lock it up with a, with a chain hook, you know? So everybody knows that, oh, Mike, do you think it's a good number? I'm like, I don't know. Cool. Just lock it up, right? So and test it. And then test it. Because yeah. the truth is, and I don't know if this happens in every market, so I can't speak for all markets of, of, of the United States, but in Miami, man, we got some wild buyers. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we got these foreign They're coming buyers. coming to buy stuff that you're like, there's no way I would touch that. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm either, running yeah. my numbers I'm like mm, yeah I don't even think my numbers are right but you'll take it for 20k more done exactly. sign it off zero day inspection close next week but you know like I think that's been another I guess help on my part on that Miami is a little wild and there's been a lot of speculative buyers that have they done well with their investments I don't know or maybe they are happy making 10 grand because their money is a lot safer here in the United States than Venezuela exactly. or Brazil or Colombia they'll take a low, they'll take a lesser return because of the safety from where you might be already. Correct. You do have that here. And then we're still on an inclining market. So you can kind of play that still more. That, too, listen, that's money right there. And I think the big point here is don't judge buyers. Correct. No, because you don't know what the you don't know what the reason is. Mike will tell you <laughs> half of his list. He's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, we've gotten to to again, going back to your point, beginning wild running, right? Wild Wild West style. Now we're starting to look back at data because data does speak, right? Data tells you facts. So we're looking back. But even then, I'll call my main buyers. Hey, what's up? You think it's a good deal? Nah, man, I don't think it's a good deal. I'm like, all right, let's shoot it out to the web. Boom. Then we get the buyer. Yep. And my guys are like, man, we sold it. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who bought it. Don't don't judge it. Right. Or don't judge an agent that has a buyer. Mm -hmm. Or don't judge a deal, period. Because 
You don't know what other people you don't know think what they about know. that deal. They think yeah. about it or what they might right. know that you don't know. So, right. Here's know? a good question. How many deals that you do lock up don't close? Because so, I think people are so scared of getting a deal and not closing it. So right now we're at a 39% closing. So out of 100, out of a, 39 close. Correct. This is this is you're locking up. Locking up. At baby. 39%. 39 right now we're at so a that 39, number like from I, contract to closing we're at a 39% that number will scare the majority 40. of people who are trying to get exactly. into this it'll scare the heck out of but them but then Mike how many deals did you close last year uh, 51 that's what people don't understand like okay 39 out of 100 close when you get it on the contract they're like oh man damn we lose how many deals you know 61 deals yeah but I closed 51 deals last year I'm with it man this year we're already on track to break it we're probably gonna do about 70 this year so again the motto is the same right we're still locking up (laughs) lock it up and then you know now we're getting a little bit better because our ratio is getting better because we're getting a dispo team you know we're getting to know more buyers we have a better reputation obviously you know people know okay Rockwood yeah I've seen you guys Mm -hmm. so they trust and believe and agents and you know we're more hands on but same model, man. I just tell my guys, don't think, you know, even then when I, when I, you know, we do meetings every week. When I look back on a Friday and I, I'll scrape the area. So let's say I give these people this territory. I'll scrape the territory and I'll say, okay, that property went under contract cash, closed that, that, that pro- Why didn't we get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, because we were off by a few bucks. Who cares? Who cares? Look, it got wholesaled. Yep. And we weren't the ones that wholesaled it. Like, why did you think so much? Just grab the damn deal. <laughs> we'll work it out later, right? Yeah, because exactly. you could always come back and renegotiate. Of talk course. about, talk about yeah. some of your strategies. Yeah, yeah. What's your process as far as your contract that allows you to be able to manipulate, you know, maneuver through losing, yeah, so, losing deals and not losing your escrow? Right. So obviously, you know, our our um, office manager, I guess title, whatever we want to place it. Um, she's very, very great at making sure that our time frame is on point. Right. So that's the first thing for anybody that locks up any deal. Obviously, on the off market, it's a little bit more lenient, but on market, on the MLS, you got to be very, very accurate. Other agents' time frame. Right. Because, you know, a lot of agents don't even know. Mm-hmm. Again, so don't be scared. Like, don't now be like, oh my God, you know, I have to have a calendar and I have to have everything. <laughs> like, a lot of agents don't know, but yes, protect your money. Um, so, no, if you guys got it executed today, your countdown starts tomorrow, day number one. Right, yeah. number one to ten days. We try to do ten to about twelve deals on every contract. Okay, because inspection period. Inspection periods. After that, it's very hard to get fifteen, twenty days. Um, so you have a shorter window to work with, but you know you got to make sure you're very, very clear. And through that time, just take the correct steps. So take send somebody go out there. Um, if you want to spend a little bit of extra money because it's a great deal, you know, send an inspector. A lot of the times I'll send an inspector that cost me 300 bucks, but I know they're going to give me back such a thorough inspection report that I'm going to be able to fight that extra 15 or Mm $10,000 in cases that I think that, you know, we're just off, man. There's no real, you know, deal here. And I'm just trying to take a wild shot. You know, I'll create my own inspection report. Mm -hmm. You know, I have like a platform. A template that I have. You'll send your contractor out there. I send somebody out there, whoever Mm -hmm. it is. Hey, the contractor went. They'll take pictures. They'll set up, you know, obviously look for the most damaged property or the damages in the property. And then we'll create your basic. Because your due diligence period, which is the time you have from contract accepted to um, to do, you know, the date that you have like 10 to 12 days to do all your due diligence, renegotiate the price. Correct. Whatever needs to happen. That's the most important factor for what you're doing. That's your window. 
That's your window you got to be really careful with and be very effective with. Because, so, I mean, know. if you see your price values, you, you you got it for too much, but you got a buyer in that 10 days, you use that period to kind of negotiate to get your Correct. price down to what you need. So Correct. that's your busy, busy time to get this thing locked up. Right. Your, our work begins after the contract starts as a wholesaler, as a wholesaler right? Wholesaler. As a yeah. wholesaler. As a buyer, if I'm going to buy the real estate, it's a different model. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm going to use that same window to get a better price. But I'm not racing. But the magic happens the in that window right but there. But the magic, the money is made in that window right yep, there. Exactly. So, you know, we'll market it a little bit higher than sometimes what we try to always do is get a number from a buyer. So the buyer went and says, oh, Mike, look, it's not for us. Or, you know, Ronald, it's not for us. Okay, cool. What is your number? Mm-hmm. Because let's say they give us the number at $3,000 above ours, then we know what's our work. Let's mm-hmm. fight backwards. We reverse wholesale the whole entire thing. Exactly. If they tell us, you know, all of the buyers come in at 15 grand under us, then that might be the the deal that we're going to walk away from. Because right. we'll, we'll, shoot it. Yeah. we'll shoot it. We'll shoot for the 25K. <laughs> and then they'll be like, you're freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not. And then we're like, what do you mean it has stress cracks? This thing is foundation issues. The house is tilting. And they're like, no, it's not. And but that's like, key, though. Okay. You're, sending, you're sending the buyer out there before you actually send in your contract lots of times, correct? You might have No, no, no. There. I lock it up first, and okay. then I then send the buyers. Okay. But I always try to get a number no matter what exactly okay so if your buyers come to break it down for someone who's brand new trying to follow us your buyers come you have it for 300 your buyer comes and says brother i won't pay you more than 260 you gotta go back and try to renegotiate with the seller or if not you're backing out of the deal during the inspection period correct because once you have you know for anybody that hasn't done this before an inspection report if you read a contract it gives you a hundred percent exit Yep. For no reason. You could have just woken just up in the, the morning report, yeah. <laughs> and said, I don't want to buy this house anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no reason, right? So an inspection report doesn't even be is not even needed. It's just during the inspection period, you have the rights to walk out of the contract because you decided the kitchen wasn't in the position of the house you didn't like. Exactly. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that had to do with condition, nothing. So you got to make sure you do all your work in that small window. And then, you know, don't try to leave the ins- the cancellation to the last minute, the last That's hour. Just, yeah, yeah. You know, try to do it a day before, two days before, you know, just right. try to come back to the agent. Hey, dude, I've got my people out there. Roofer told me this much, you know, wall guy told me this much. Right. Tile guy told me this much. Anticipated. Yeah. I thought 200,000 was going to be a right number. Reality is I got to be at 160. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're doing 10 and 12 days. You're not doing a 30-day inspection Correct. period. And on day 29, oh, I can't buy the house. Correct. You know? You're doing 10 and 12 days, you know. And every seller in a sense, a buyer has the right to to discover what's going on in that 10-12-day 10 day, 10 window. So. Correct. Now, and, tr- and try to be a little hands-on. Like when we started, I told you it was the Wild Wild West. We would wait till 11.59 <laughs> on day number 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And have not talked to the agent with the whole the, time. Yeah. And that agent like, would what? like, I'm going to keep your money. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And I'm like, no, no, no. But you, you have to do because it, your you reputation know? with these agents right. is huge. Correct. I mean, they it's think huge. these guys are just throwing out offers and not doing anything. Yeah, they're gonna be like. So no, now, what do you do? This. You talk to the agent. Now the we're hands on through the whole time. Either it's you know our office staff, it's our you know acquisition disposition, myself, 
You know, we're trying to just stay, hey, we just went out there. You know, the numbers didn't come in at what we thought. We're going to have another roofer go out there. Is that okay with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send them out. That would be all. So they're in communication mm-hmm. the whole time. And then about a day before we'll be, hey, look, our numbers aren't coming in. You know, obviously we don't want to cancel this deal. We're super interested in moving forward. But... This is where we have to be. So they respect us for it. You're building rapport with the agent. Correct. Like, like us on off-market, do the same thing with the seller. You know? Correct. Like during that window with the seller, I'm calling the seller every other day, giving them updates. You're doing that with the agent because you can't talk to the seller. But Correct. That agent represents, you know, uh, relationship is very important. Correct. Yeah, and let's clarify, we're buying deals. So yeah. it's to the benefit of, of the, the agent. agent to work with us. It just has to be a win-win situation for the both of us. Correct. Exactly. So if you do find a buyer during the inspection period, how are you treating their escrow that you're collecting from them? And how are you basically managing both contracts at the same time so people understand? Yeah. So one thing that we do is, you know, I, I got married to a title company about three years ago when I first started. Actually, my first deal happened because of him. So that's why I got married to this person. Um, because <laughs> I convinced them that I knew what wholesaling was. Yeah, tell and, that story because that's a good story. <laughs> so I got into the business, you know, like I had told you guys, I was only on the dispo side. So I didn't really understand the office side. I was like, hey, I got a buyer. I got a buyer. Send an escrow. You know, the whole title process. Right. And then there was a guy in the office that would control the whole deal. And all I had to do was go back and find another deal, and, you know, and sell it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand wholesaling. Yeah. Have I read books? Have I listened to audios and YouTubes? But when you get into the real deal, you're like, oh, there's a lot of there's pieces lot here. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember I went into an event for a private lending company and we meet this attorney and the attorney, super cool guy, you know, which is probably one of my best friends right now. And the guy is like, oh, you know, I ask him, oh, do you do wholesales? And he's like, yeah, I've been doing, I've done wholesales for other people. I've done wholesales myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know how to do the process very well. And I'm like, okay, do you know how to double close? Because in that time when we were doing REOs, Double closes Double close are needed. Big, yeah. Now, if you are off the bank, you can go and not sign it, right? Yeah. Much easier You couldn't process. sign. So an REO is a foreclosure property. Again, right. You couldn't assign an REO property. The bank would not let any kind of fees in the HUD. So Correct. You had to get exactly what they said. Correct. So you, yeah, you, you can't, had to you can't sell for close. a profit without mm-hmm. them. You know, explain, you can buy double, it. explain double close real quick. So some people might not know what double okay. close is. So yeah, so a double close is what you're doing is you're simultaneously closing two files. So the way we use it in our lingo is A to B, B to C. Mm-hmm. So A would be the bank that's selling us the property. Or any so seller. Right, or any seller, right? Anybody that's on the A position. Uh, we would be the P, the B position there, which is where the buyer, right? But then at the same time, we're now getting our position and selling it off to another the same day. individual. Yep. So we're doing this identically the same day at the same exact time. And we're just funding one deal. And then right, right, right after we're funding the other deal. Literally yeah. like... They're both signing in the morning and yeah. you're signing at the end. <laughs> exactly. Like the seller is signing in the morning, the C buyer is signing whatever time in the morning. And then I come in and I sign all transactions. Yep. And so A to B happens, I buy it. And then B to C happens, I sell it right. within, you know, minutes. And that attorney handles everything. So Correct. They're in control and they can guarantee that everything's legal because this is legal. 
Correct. Yeah, this is legal. legal. When you're doing double transactions, it's extremely legal because you're you're closing in one file. You know, I have to either get a transactional funding. You know, at this point, I get my own funds. But in the beginning, I would have to get a transactional funder, which is, you know, a private lender that'll come in for a 24 hour window, lend you all the money, understanding that you're going to resell that property Mm -hmm. immediately. That would be be me, by the way. (laughs) Contact me. That would be Kev right there. So they'll give you that money for a short window they'll charge you you know a few points for that they'll come in you close the deal they come out they get paid you got your money yes exactly so the way that it had worked with the attorney was hilarious because i go into the event you know we're me and my partner had just moved in together we're trying to get our first deal together and we start telling this guy so hey you know are you going to you know how do you do the wholesale do you do this or that and he's like no no man look honestly guys you shouldn't do that because that can be very dangerous and you should do it this way and we're like all right cool so do it this way do it that way so you know coincidentally questions and yeah the process <laughs> yeah right? so open your mouth and ex- ask the questions <laughs> exactly so i remember that we get our first deal from from an auction platform and i call him and i'm like hey gabriel how you doing he's like hey, who's this i'm like mike the guy you met at the event he's like yeah I'm like look man we got a deal that we're gonna give you a shot because you know we already know what we're doing with our other attorney we're gonna give you a shot and see you know if we can just start building he's like yeah man so he becomes very hands-on with us mm-hmm. and so we're like all right man so look we got the contract is it is it right and he's looking at it and he's like yeah that's a good contract okay cool we start marketing we get the buyer and then we're like so how do you do it should we get another contract and get the b2c or should we try to do it with this paper and he's like nah man shouldn't do it that way do it this way and me and my partner are like oh my god we're like trying to come up with everything (laughs) bottom line is the guy walks us from a to z through Mm -hmm. a whole entire wholesale close the deal coincidentally we get another one right back to back so i guess the guy believed like oh these guys are rocking and rolling these guys are players you're getting deals right it just happened to work out that way too yeah let's not say deals (laughs) it happened to work out he thought it worked out that it was like back to back (laughs) and i remember after the second deal i meet up with him i'm like look man i want to thank you and he's like what do you mean? Thank. I want to thank you guys. You guys are trusting it. I'm like, no, man, you don't get it. I want to thank you because we had never done it. <laughs> Which is cool. You know, like, you know, building the real relationship. Yeah. We had never really done a deal exactly like this. So thank you for walking us through it. And that's it, man. From that day on, I've, I've never done a deal without him. Awesome. Yeah, it works out. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make Worked out. Yeah. I like to try to be transparent from day one, but there's another side of the coin, and at the end of the day, it all works out, bro. Yeah, the point is, so. you got balls, you throw them on the line, and that's you make it, it happen. That's it. Shut up and invest. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Definitely. Let me ask you a question. When you're making these offers, do you have a formula? Is it 70% to what you think the property's worth that you're making the offer? Offers or how, what's the mindset where you're now having not just you, but multiple people on your team make this decision on what to send out? Yeah. So step, step one formula, it's going to be the easiest way for you to understand that until you have the data, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to do it the way we're doing it today. But yeah, we go ARV, you know, obviously in, if you're in Miami or in Broward, very easy to find ARVs. In other markets, might be a little bit more challenging, but not right now in today's market. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's investing. So I think it's very easy. Find two or three houses that are just like yours. So if I'm at 3-2, 1,300 square feet, two or three of them that are fully remodeled, which everybody knows, right? White kitchens, gray kitchens, porcelain floors, 
in other areas, new carpets, new tiles, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Look for those, find two or three of them and try to come in at 70% from that number. Because most investors will buy at about a 70, 75%. So you'll make a small profit on that. Um, if you can go less than that and you're a really good negotiator, obviously go for that. But that would be my first start off. After that, then you start learning markets. And then you start learning what buyers are paying for. So that's what we do now. We look at it more from area. What are buyers paying? What are cash buyers paying? And now I just reverse engineer the whole entire thing. Right. So if they're buying at 200, well, anything you find, you better be the guy to get it at 180, yeah, yeah. 175, 160, because every dollar from 200 negative is a profit. Right. So that's how we do it now because we've understood more of the market, understand data, understand how to look at things differently. But in the beginning, it was ARV, 70%, ARV, 70%, ARV, 70%. And we're just shooting out the offers, getting in front of the people. What's determining what markets you guys are focusing on putting these offers out, out to? What determines like, it? Like what parts of Broward and Dade? I'm sure you're not. Man, you're we're everywhere, man. In order to do 100 offers a week, yeah, you got you to gotta go just everywhere. Them out. Right now, do we have pockets that we, let's say each guy has that it's like their baby? Yes. Okay. But man, we've done deals from $60,000, you know, shacks practically to our largest one was 3 million bucks. Did I assume that I had a buyer at $3 million? No. But once we had it under contract, I was like, we're finding a buyer. Lock it up. Lock it up. This Lock. guy was like, hey, you want to share? You want to do this? I'm like, I don't know. How many this inspection days? He's, Ten. he's Done. the true definition to just shut up and go invest. Yeah, that's bro. right. You know, hey, like, listen. I you know understand how many times it. we've had a beer and this guy has me rolling on the floor? This guy is balls to the wall. Yeah, Always, the walls. bro. I understand. I mean, coming from where I came from, the REO background, we were doing the same thing. We were just tying up every REO we could. And then find a buyer later. You know? Correct. Like, that's how we got in. That's how I got into it. You know, just tie them up, find a buyer later. You know, if you can't tie them up, you get a few days for inspection, you know, walk away. Um, but so many people are afraid to do it that way. Like, yeah. They're so stuck. The reason why we started the show is because they're so stuck analyzing everything, you know, for months and years and afraid to just go out there, see what happens. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, Correct. it work out. Correct. So Ta- take me to this $3 million deal. How much escrow did you have to put on it? So that one, I was one of the larger ones. I think we had put like 25000 on it. Okay. Um, and then how'd you find the buyer? Walk us through the whole deal. Same thing, man. We started finding out neighborhoods. Actually, that buyer didn't even come from somebody that we knew. It was from an agent that had the buyer. So that's why I tell, like my guys, I always tell them, you know, don't overanalyze the deal because, oh, yeah, I don't think it's a good deal. Who are you? <laughs> you <know? Exactly>. Who cares? <laughs> Who are you to determine what's a good deal or not? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, the truth is, you know, we don't know what other buyers buy. You know, there's a deal being sold every single day right now and in every no market. And not all deals are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that means there's a buyer for every single deal. There's not one, you know, sort of deal that sits on the market for more than 30 days. Yeah. Sort of. I'm not saying the home run. Home runs don't sit on the market more than a day. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sort of deals that you're like, who's going to buy that? No more than 30 days is that property sit on the market. So I tell my guys all the time, don't look at the deal only from yourself. Look at the deal from can it be a deal? Maybe a deal. And just lock it up. No, don't put your biases into the deal. Right, because then you get stuck and then you start going, oh, yeah, I'm not going to send that off. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, boom, it gets sold and you're like, what the hell? 
Somebody bought that for that price. Well, I think here's the mistake that if you're only looking at it like a rehab flipper, there's not much. There's guys that buy deals that want to live in the property. Correct. And you got it $10,000 cheaper than what they could have got it on the market. And they're like, all right, I saved myself 10 grand and I'm going to live in it. That's such a key point. Like, I think a lot of guys who do this looking for the rehab flipper, to me, that's the worst buyer to have. Like, when you're an investor that's wholesaling something, I want to have all those buy and hold guys, all those other guys whose numbers can be a little bit higher because they're not worrying about the rehab flip value. Correct. You know, or also a lot of investors are looking to buy cash for a deal to live into that needs work, you know? So yeah. there's a whole for pool mom, of buy. So this is yeah. perfect for my mom. You know what? Let me get it. Look, man, that's a funny story you say that. The other day, maybe about six months ago, we get a deal in Miami Gardens, which is an area here in Miami. And the deal you know, ends up being that it's a single family home in the front. The guy did like an efficiency in the back, but phenomenal job. When we get into the house, house is done. And I look at my guy, I'm like, damn. You know, how am I going to negotiate how, this? How one? am I going to do anything with this <laughs> deal, right? I'm like, it's Miami Gardens, hottest market, one of the hottest markets. It is. Definitely. We might be able to sell it anyways, right? Send it out to my email blast. One of my main buyers calls me and I'm like, damn. The hell is this guy calling me for? So I call, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's up with the house that you have in Miami Gardens? I'm like, it's not a rehab, not a value added. Not, look, man, my dad wants to buy it for himself because he wants to live in it and rent out the back. We made $20,000 on that deal. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 18 grand. And I'm thinking to myself, how the hell did we pull that one off? <laughs> like you said, never judge a deal. Never judge a deal because the truth is some people... You know, buy, let's say, for their family. Buy for themselves. Buy because it's a neighborhood they grew up in. Buy because they like the block. Like, buy because mm-hmm. they're, you know, from out of town and they think if I make 10 grand and I have my money here in the United States, I'm safe. So many so opportunities. Many I got an investor. He's from Colombia. And he only wants to make 10 grand on a deal. Because in Colombia, 10 grand is like 30. Exactly. So for him, if he can do three or four a year, make 10 grand on it. He's made close to a hundred grand when you do the transfer of funds mm. to Colombian money. That's the whole thing about to Colombia. So I know. Is that, let me hold on. <laughs> money. <laughs> but that's why real estate is so local, right? It's such a local industry because, of course, if you're in Miami, there's so many different factors why guys are spending money in Miami. On Correct. Real estate. Then other areas. Whereas, Not where necessarily I, I do, in Michigan. I got deals in Michigan where guys are like. 6% return, you know, I'm not touching that, you know, but depends on your level of investment you're doing and what you're trying to get. Yeah. So there's so many more factors if you look at, you know, where why you, why you might buy a deal that's different than me, different than Kevin, you know, and where you're investing at, you know, so right. that's... But regardless, don't judge, don't a, judge deal. a deal. Yeah, because you don't know. somebody's mom needs a place. Everywhere. Yeah, and everywhere. everywhere. You know, the biggest point that anybody should take out of this, you know, small topic we've had is that if you don't have the deal under contract, you have no control. No control. And that's what I tell my guys. You know when we're having control? When the contract's in our name. Without it, then what what do we have? So why am I even judging? I'll judge it after I have it under contract. Then I'll figure out if I did good, if I did bad, did my buyers like it, did they not? Is it worth it? Should I keep it? Should I sell it? But why am I doing all of that without even a contract? (laughs) Exactly. You know, send an offer that's going to lock it up. And then once you lock it up, then you decide, man, we did a bad job here. We screwed up. Wasn't a great buy. But you got to shop it first, get people to see it, put eyeballs on the property, call everybody around the neighborhood, and then you make that decision, right? Yeah. Because if before that, opportunities are going to get lost left and right. Yeah. 
How'd you build your buyers list? Man, that's a funny story. I, I, I don't know if anybody's going to have the same opportunity as me here, but so I have had the same email address, mvenedeo at gmail.com since I was maybe like, I don't know, uh, 17, 18 years old. So first thing that the guy told me when I walk into that office is goes, grab all your emails, export all the, the email, the, the emails that you have in there and put them into a constant contact and start shooting at them. And I was like, all right, this is a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And man, coincidentally, out of that list, I've probably sold 70% of my inventory. Wow. I didn't even know there were buyers in yeah. there. So it's not like a model that I can teach to anybody yes. now. You just Go, took your database. I took my data. I didn't even know I had a database with so many people. Right now. <laughs> I swear to you. I you guess all know. the back and forth yeah, emails yeah, that yeah. I've had throughout the years, buyers were. I mean, in I'm there, thinking, about, I'm thinking in of there. how many agents and buyers are in my email right now from the last 13 years of real estate. Correct. That you're not even cap. I'm not even capitalizing. That you're on. not even capitalized. So I literally pulled it out. Ex- I exported everything, dropped it into a constant, and started hitting them. Now, today, I do a lot more homework. You know, I I go and I. I scrub the whole entire MLS. I look for every cash deal that's ever been done, you know, in the last two years. And I get to find out who the agents were on the buyer side, who the agents were on the seller side, who the buyer was that was actually closing and was the property wholesaled. And Mm -hmm. so now I build my list by wholesalers, agents and buyers. Yeah. How are you analyzing the data to know if it was wholesaled or not? Well, I have a VA right now that does that for us. And so they get the whole entire list of buyers that have closed. And then we go into SunBiz or IMAP and we find out if that deal was flipped. Mm-hmm. Was it wholesale? Yes. Perfect. Find the wholesaler, <coughs> put them on that list. Find the end buyer, put them on our buyers list. Find the agents that were part of that transaction. Yeah. And so now we're obviously getting a legit list. A legit list. Our mm-hmm. goal is to have, you know, our deals close within 24 hours from contract that we come in. So we have a lot of homework ahead of us, but that's our formula. Our goal is to have within 24 to 48 hours, contract accepted on our side, B2C accepted on their side. Done. That deal is done. Put it onto the next one. Put all the attention onto the next deal. How'd you go from you in an apartment with a roommate to now a team like what was that transition of you saying i need other people and what did you start looking for and now what's your team look like so man you know every question you guys are going to ask me it's always going to go back to the balls to the wall <laughs> of course yeah but you know um i think that's my formula that's it's, it's, formula. it's it worked works. for me yeah. in in a lot of areas it's gotten me into a lot of trouble with other areas not going to change it will i get a little bit more uh, polished polished and detailed through the process yes but i'm still gonna be a gun hole type of guy because it's just what it's it's part of me so you know when my partner and i split up i told myself okay i gotta figure this out right i gotta i gotta grow a, co- a company i gotta grow a team and that's just because it's what i had seen right mm-hmm. doesn't mean that everybody has to do it and the way we did it doesn't mean that that's the only way to get it done right that's i laugh because i've i've had conversations with him every single stage of the process. <laughs> and it's cool to see it, you know, evolve. Right. So, you know, today with all these VAs and all these virtual teams that you can have, you look back and you're like, damn, you know, that's a great model. It's a much more cheaper model. Is it as effective? I don't know because I've never done it. But 
the way I did it was I got a little tiny office in, in a, in a real estate company mm -hmm. and I'm talking to one of the agents and a friend of mine had told me the first person you should always hire is an assistant. You know, that should be your first person because then what they can do is take off the, the load off of you when it comes to like data, paperwork, um, you know, the tedious things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you're a good wholesaler or you're a good buyer, or you're a good seller, then go out there and do what you're great at. And so my first person that I hired was that position, an assistant that now has become our office manager and pretty much does, you know, she's our operator. Um, but it was funny because I had never been a boss I never been, I had no idea how to run a company. I probably still don't know how to run a company. Let's be real, right? <laughs> I'm everyday learning, but yeah, yeah. I remember that I'm talking to one of my coworkers in the office and I tell him like, oh man, I'm looking for an assistant. I want a girl. I want somebody that understands the market. And he tells me, oh, you know, my girlfriend at the time, you know, like his girlfriend at the time uh, is about to leave her job and she wants to get, you know, a new position. I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to pay her what her job is paying yeah. her. She's paying her 50 grand a year. I'm not paying her no $50,000. I'm just giving you a heads up, you know? Mm -hmm. She's like, no, no, no. I think she's just frustrated with what she's doing and she's willing to take a little bit of a pay cut change. to get a new change. Dude, it was hilarious. Again, I've never really been a boss, mm -hmm. never hired anybody. I remember I, I invite her to to lunch for the interview at, um, at a fish joint. In, in 37th Avenue. And she's like, well, you know, I worked for this company. I've done this. You know, I'm okay with taking that pay. And I'm like, perfect, you're hired. <laughs> Team number one. <laughs> and she's like, that's it? I'm like, yeah, I think everything that, is, I think it went, went very well. Um, I think you're a perfect fit. <laughs> and then you just figured it out after that. And that's it, man. <laughs> if it doesn't work out. In, and I figured it out after that. You know, I was just me and her trying to figure things out. And then the next position that I jumped in was acquisition. Gotcha. Because I was already used to being a dispo, right? Mm -hmm. This is where I kind of learned. So I kind of had the dispo side and I said, okay, let's find somebody that's really good on the MLS that understands the market. And this person helped me, man, really, you know, it was great because I was able to tell him ideas and he was implementing them. Yeah. So it kind of allowed me to see that what I've learned worked because I was implementing it, but so was he. Mm -hmm. And now he was getting a result. And then from there on, now it's grown. Now we have four acquisition guys, two disposition, office manager, and then myself. Awesome. Boss awesome. to the wall? Boss awesome. to the wall, man. Every <laughs> fit, you know. Now, you know, it's, it's been a short window, man. We've only had a, the office open for a year. We're actually having our, our grand opening, uh, f you know, for another company that we're doing. But we're having our one-year anniversary, uh, May 30th. So, you know, we're only getting into our year of doing it. And I've learned a lot, man. Being a leader and being a worker are two different things. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. It's, a, it's a different transition when you're just out there doing it yourself and then you have a team under you. You have to kind of direct in the right way of how to do it successfully. Correct. Know? And you got to like focus on their success, exactly, you know, yeah. because they're re you're responsible at the end for of their success. Exactly. At the end of the day, they're trusting in you. And if you're not leading them correctly, it's only your fault that they're failing. Exactly. Yeah. Smart Money segment, bro. I'm going to hit you with five questions. <clears throat> Go for it. Ah, if you can go back, start day one, broke again, right now with the knowledge you have right now, where would you start? What would be the starting point? Broke, but day one again. So I would definitely still start on the MLS. Why? Because I'm broke. And you just said it, right? Marketing is, is you know, now that I'm learning the off-market world, there's marketing dollars. Unless you're a really good cold caller, which is coming back 
which is great. But if you're not, then the MLS is your number one resource. You got thousands of agents going out there trying to get deals and all you got to do is convince them. So going back, you know, to square one, I think I would stay in the same resource, but I would do things a little bit different. Now that I look back, I would be a little bit more organized. Mm. The next question is biggest mistake you could change if you can go back would be that. Well, on the business side, I would be that I, that I, I wasted some time because I wasn't organized. I was just running, 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 which I don't think it was a bad thing because it's what allowed me to get into a lot of hairy experiences and hairy moments. So I've had to learn the, the business very, very fast. Mm-hmm. I have wholesalers and investors that call me for advice. Like, dude, what do you think about the zoning? Hey, you think we can switch this? Hey, you think? I'm like, dude, why are you asking me, man? Like, I sell properties to you. You're the guy that's been in the business for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I've gotten into so many of them, I've had to learn a thousand things really damn fast. So on that side, I, I don't say, but I would say my biggest mistake, man, was trusting too many people on the rehab side. And I've gotten myself into some hairy moments that I, I got a lot of feels. money, you know, <laughs> um, in jeopardy right now because I got, I got bamboozled. Mm-hmm. I got bamboozled. Yeah. I got, I got high on the money. Uh, and on rehabs. Everybody yeah. loses money on rehabs, yeah, never on wholesales. Yeah. Wholesales is the way, man. Like right now, my model is going from... You know, wholesale rehabs to just wholesale and then a new venture that we're doing. I even talked to guys that want to do rehab flips. I'm like, you sure you want to do that? Because I try to stay away from it. We've all lost <laughs> lost money on those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because and you, you know, make money, but you, you do, but it's not what you see on Flip This House. And then these new guys think, oh, it's easy. They don't show you all of the fees on in HGTV. there. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. I got some deals right now that we've been just paying, 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 paying. If I come off with like 10,000 yeah, bucks, I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic because exactly. I make. A ten thousand bucks, you know. I thought a hundred, and then it was like, bah, 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 bah. I'm like, Why that's the real life, this? man. But I jumped in so aggressively that I put myself right now. I have eight projects. Speaking of, what's your top investment goal now? After all that, now your future investing. We were talking about it at dinner the other day. What's your top investment goal right now? What do you got in mind? Yeah, so my goal is get out of the the rehabs that I'm currently in, <laughs> right? That's a, that's one of my main goals right now because, you know, it, it does frustrate me a little bit and it gets my mind unclear. And then scale my wholesale company virtually. So, mm-hmm. you know, off-market is something that I've never been in. It is challenging. I'm not going to say it's a overnight success. So anybody that's going and listening to YouTubes and videos or to these podcasts and think that, you know, you're going to give it 90 days and you're going to be a killer wholesaler. It's bullshit. Yeah. So you understand that you have about a year to two year journey of just understanding the marketing and the right pieces and the right systems to not lose your leads and stuff like that. But it's what I'm focusing on the hardest right now. So keep the, the what's running right now in the business you know, steady, but then going to the own virtual world, wholesaling only though. No so you're virtual in your company right now. That's where your money's going to. Hundred percent into the company and into systems. That's systems. what I'm starting to really, really understand. Systems. systems are what can change our lives. What's your you know? top tool that you're focusing on right now? Uh, systems wise. Yeah. So right now is getting the marketing going. So the SMSs and the RVMs. So text messages and ringless voicemails. And ringless voicemails. So understanding how that works, how that can flow. Because um, cold calling, we already understand that we're doing it right now to agents. We just now have to doing it to sellers. And then number two is creating the right structure and in the organization where everything isn't relied on Mike. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> 
What do you do? I mean, I know you came in your basketball gear and you were balling earlier today, but uh, what's your number one disconnect? What's your vice to just unplug from all the balls to the wallness? My number one, man, is vacations. Mm. Travel. You know, basketball is fun, you know, but it hurts at this age. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't do it every day, man. <laughs> you know, tomorrow I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. babe, let's get a massage. <laughs> let's go on a vacation. Let's go on a vacation. Dude, the pain after playing a basketball game or like three or four games is the is the worst pain at this oh, age. Oh, my God. Brother, I mean, any hurts, game at this age. Hurts. Any game. Hurts. Yeah, it's <laughs> try, try playing flag football. You ask yourself, why did I have this pain on my back? I didn't even do anything with my back. But um, but vacations, vacations, man. That's my way to get out just because it's the only time I get to get my phone and turn it off. I, like, I literally, literally turn, turn it off. It off. Yeah. I leave full responsibility to my office. If the deals fall apart, you guys understand. Cancel within 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> Buyer didn't go through. Tell them that it's going to happen next week when I get back. But it's the only time that I get to really disengage from everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bro. A lot of exciting things awesome. coming on your yeah. one year anniversary. Um, I know we're doing a joint venture on the private money lending side Correct. as well. You're launching that for your company as well. Um, how can people contact you? How can people get mentored by you? How can people get your deals? Drop it on them. Yeah, man, you guys. Uh, so easiest thing is follow me on on Instagram. So it's Mike Venereo. Uh, last name is V-E-N-E-R-E-O. Uh, you can also email me. You can email me at mike at rockwoodig.com. Not going to give out my cell phone right now just because, like I said, <laughs> vacations are tonight. We listen to many calls. But those two uh, avenues, I'm sure that we can connect. So you can DM me, you know, once you follow me on Instagram or, you know, right now I'm boosting the, the Facebook world right now. I'm going pretty heavy on it. And it's, again, Mike Venadeo. You can find me on Facebook as well. But we can connect with those three resources. And the website for the company? Um, our website is rockwoodinvestmentgroup.com. And, you know, if you're here locally in Miami or Broward, come to our event. It's going to be May 30th at Astra Rooftop in Wynwood. Super nice venue, man. We're going to do it from six to nine, sunset style dropping. Very, very nice. The, you know, the big players of the industry are who we're trying to drive. Mm -hmm. But if you go to rockwoodinvestmentgroup.com, com forward slash event you can rsvp right there may 30th from six to nine nice awesome man hey it's a great great episode man yeah great man, content. Appreciate you. we're gonna have Again, you back if you're yeah, cool with it with an out. agent who wants to be doing what you're doing so you can mentor them live on the show yeah man that'll be awesome i'd love to get back on the show obviously if there's any way that we can help you know and and you know with you obviously um having the access to the mls i want to test it yeah, I, I want to test it because audience. I know what we do here. And obviously we didn't go into as depth as the things that we do and strategies and stuff like that. I just want to know if the, the agents from Miami and Broward, which are unique, yes, are the same in Tampa and Orlando. I guarantee they won't be the or same. Even in Michigan. Even, or Michigan. We're going to connect. I mean, there's got to be, yeah. be ways to break through that model. And the cool Definitely. thing about it is the more and more events I go to, the less and less people do it. So it's great because of the... The entrance to barrier. Well, I'll tell you right now, I mean, a lot of people the think, barrier to entrance, they think right? what you're yeah, doing what has died. You know, <laughs> A lot of people think what you're doing has died. They think the MLS is just dried yeah, up and there's no grace. I mean, it died. That's why we're working on a mentorship program. There's so many people that want to learn the on-market side of things. And I think that's a niche really to explode. Definitely, definitely. Hey, Brother. if you guys enjoyed the, uh, the episode again, again, like, comment, share, spread the word. We're trying to bring you guys great content, man, from people out here doing, doing big things. And great things. connects in the show notes. You'll find everybody. You'll find all the websites we just listed and we'll bring them back on the show. 
Shut up and invest. Hey, lock it up. Lock, lock it, up. it up, baby. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Just lock it up. <laughs> All right. We're out. Hey, thank you once again for listening to Shut Up and Invest. If you guys are motivated at the thought of continuing your real estate journey with us, then visit shutupandinvest.com. There you can join our community and take advantage of more free resources. And don't forget, please like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast so you're first to hear our new content every week. Most importantly, get active and don't forget to shut up and invest.